0: Welcome back to Illini Weekly. I'm Joey Wagner, sports reporter at the Herald Review, and we're here with Mark Tupper, executive sports editor. A lot to digest in Illinois athletics this week. Most importantly, I think is the rather donation, the rather gracious donation given by the Demersian family of Decatur that was announced on Wednesday at the University of Illinois. Mark, you were there, you covered it. You. You did a good job of capturing the feelings. What was yesterday like? and A little bit about the donation and some of the feelings.
1: It was very cool and uh, I've known the Demersions for uh, quite a while and um, it was uh, an, an incredibly generous gift of seven million dollars, uh, one of the largest in University of Illinois athletic history, to um, build really a new home, not only a new home, but a first home for uh, both women's soccer there's no men's soccer and men's and women's track and field now I say there's no home but they have there is a soccer field there is a track so but but they have locker rooms across campus they don't have a a central space, you know, where offices are and where they can just come and hang out and be, you know, call their own, the way a football uh, complex would right. be or a basketball or so forth. So this is a great opportunity. It's also going to give, I think, encourage people to come out and watch these sports because right now it's not very inviting. And um, they're going to provide, um, it's going to be kind of an interesting setup where where the um, Track is on the west side. The stands are in the middle and they go both east and west. So you can sit on the stands facing west and watch track and field. Then you can come around to the other side and sit on stands facing east and watch soccer, two soccer fields, a competition field and a practice field. And um, with all the bells and whistles, you know, LED lighting, video board, offices, sports medicine and uh, nutrition, permanent restrooms, concessions, new parking, uh, and then um, a a really cool like entryways that can can display some of their history and so forth of the programs. Because Illinois had a lot of success over the years in track and field particularly. So um, it's a really neat thing. And I thought the cool thing that the university did was they gathered athletes from these two sports together. They had no idea that this was going to happen. And they brought the Demersion family in in front of them and Josh Whitman told the athletes that you guys are gonna get some of the greatest facilities anywhere, and it's because these people right here are giving seven million dollars to help make it happen and they were like blown away as you know I mean seven million dollars now yeah. you know it's you know you give fifty thousand bucks that's that's nice. seven million is just wow and um, they were thrilled um, it was it's a really cool thing it'll this is a project that will be built in phases, won't be done until 2022, I think, finished completely, but 2021 they're going to hold, uh, Illinois will host the Big Ten Outdoor Track and Field Championships, and so really a great deal, and by the same family that that donated uh, $2.5 million, I believe, toward the um, construction of the indoor golf training facility, which is state-of-the-art and really put Illinois at the head of the curve in terms of, of golf. it would be great for recruiting.
0: It's going to be great for recruiting. It's going to be great to host some of these yes. big yes. national events or even high school events are able to come here and, and do things like this. Yes. And, I mean, like you said, $7 million is absolutely not jump change no. by any stretch. These, these kids were blown away, weren't they? I mean, yeah, they like were. The some of them were tears. moved
1: to tears, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, they were just like, I mean, when you think about it, if you were an athlete and you'd kind of accepted the fact that you were, that you were operating on a different wavelength than football and basketball, okay, right. and that, that's not unusual, but in, and you, you, I don't want to, I don't want to over-dramatize it, but, you know, you probably feel a little bit of an orphan, you know, you know, nobody loves us, and, you know, we're over here, and, right. and, 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 like this one guy said, I talked to this hurdler, he was an all-American hurdler, and he said, you know, my parents would come down from Mount Prospect to watch us compete, and and they'd have to sit in the grass, and if, if it had rained at all, they're sitting in the wet grass. Yeah. And, you know, now, he said, you know, oh, my gosh. And he said, the only bad news is I'm a senior, <laughs> so I'm going to have to figure out a way to come back. But, um, you know, it was thrilling for those for those kids, and particularly for the freshmen. I talked to a girl who was a freshman, and she said, this will all be done by the time I'm a senior. And he, she said, I just
0: can't wait it's, so it's gonna be spectacular and, and these yeah. kids travel they see that other schools have yeah facilities they do, like sure they do. so it's sure nice they do. to nice to get that home and and really have a home base basketball mixed bag i i, I think it is probably the best way to describe it yeah uh, two wins last two big 10 wins i think were both they went to overtime of course they were both very winnable games no doubt uh, that was against northwestern last friday night and maryland on sunday and then we look at wednesday nights uh unfortunately. Really ugly. A, a horrible, a horribly ugly win against Austin Peay. A win's a win and, and you chalk it up and move on, but there's, I mean, there's some growing pains here. What, what's some of the biggest pains that you, I mean, you saw all well, these games? they're the, the biggest there?
1: pain doesn't have anything to do with their 25 turnovers. It doesn't have anything to do with not making shots. It's this broader issue, and I'm going to write about this weekend in the Herald Review, and I'll post it on Twitter because um, I need to give it some thought and really kind of hash it through. But it sort of relates to a piece I wrote about um, f- getting the swagger back. there's There's some f- there's some components missing from this basketball program that have been missing for a number of years. And um, and it is the reason that a team could possibly take the court and not know whether it was going to be flat or jazzed up, ready to go. And uh, we saw against Maryland, they're down ten nothing before anything happens. They looked a little lifeless. They didn't look really full of life last night uh, against Austin P. And after the game, Brad Underwood said, "I couldn't believe when I walked into the locker room before the game. He said our locker room was like a morgue, and um, he said I've never seen that. You know, I'm used to having players bouncing off the walls, ready to get out there and go. And I think it relates to this." lack of confidence this um, sort of an I'm gonna call it an inferiority complex that has been allowed to get into the program and not have players individually strong enough uh, either in personality or performance to, to help get it out of there you know not one of these players has ever taken a big shot at the end of an Illinois basketball game those were all Malcolm Hill last year um, they don't know what that's like. They have a hard time winning close games because I don't think I don't think they're confident that they can do it, and I don't think that the expectation is there that they're going to do it. Um, I think they should be ashamed when you come out and there's thousands of people who paid to get in and you're not playing at full tilt. I don't think you have to be ashamed if you miss shots or, or if you make a mistake, but to not have... If you find yourself in the post-game interview saying, I don't know, we were flat shame on you, that's you know and and that can never happen. and um, and so that's the bigger issue that they've got to, that they're trying to get to the bottom of. this is what the coaching staff is talking about is how do we get them to this place? How do we it's not just you can't just coach them up to it either. It's got to be a mutual thing that is a, a lot of player involvement in this. and um, so <clears throat> that really becomes kind of the story to watch here in the next few games and in in this game Saturday night against UNLV they're really good they took Arizona to overtime the other night lost by three they have one of the uh, top players in the country He'll he'll be a, uh, a lottery NBA pick for sure Brandon McCoy seven foot one uh, he had thirty-three and <clears throat> ten against Arizona.
0: And Arizona's got a lottery NBA pick in DeAndre Ayton. Yep. I mean, Illinois <clears throat> doesn't have that.
1: No, they do not. And they have the Junior College Player of the Year, Shakur Jewiston. He had twenty-two and twelve, I think, against Arizona. So they've got a couple of big-time studs and they're going to have to deal with that. They're going to have to use their pressure like they did against Maryland to force a bunch of turnovers. They're going to have to try to eliminate their own turnovers and they're going to try to have to try to figure out a way to make shots and and it's going to be a very tall order playing out there in Las Vegas.
0: That's that's going to be a very tough game. The Maryland game was so interesting because if you watched that first half, you would have assumed I, mean, I think you almost turned the channel if you're not at the game. Almost. You assume yeah. It's yeah. going to be a 35-point game. Maryland's going to run away, and you saw those flashes of what that defense can be. And I mean, it looked great when that defense locked in. And, and a lot of people were upset about the, the goaltending call that wasn't. That would have been a, an and one. But uh, you, we talked about this on Monday. You can't circle it back to that play. No. Because Tijon Lucas threw a ball away on a three-on-one fast Just break. Just a
1: stupid lob.
0: It was a horrible. I mean, there, you could have bounced pass. You could have taken oh it. There, my gosh. There's a hundred other things you could have done with it. The inbound pass at the end. You had back-to-back well, those traveling Those two plays, calls.
1: You, you forfeit your right to complain about any officiating. Yep. On because of those two plays, you know, you, you've you've done two things that are just so brain dead that you <laughs> that you you can't really complain about anything else. You just uh, because because even just the final inbounds play that that inbounds play in regulation there, you you can't do that. I mean, you absolutely can't do that. And and I haven't had a chance to talk to Brad off to the side about this, but you know, I I, I think he he may have to get more elementary in his explanations about plays with his team than he thought that he did. I mean, I think he thought, well, surely they know you can't do that, but I think you're <laughs> gonna have to say, you know, here, there's two things you can't do. You can't throw the ball directly to a Maryland player. Can't do that. <laughs> and you can't throw the ball over the head of everybody so that no one touches it. They get it back here under their basket with no time coming off the clock. Those are the two things you can't do, and they found one of those to do, and as it turned out, Maryland tied the game and wanted an in
0: overtime. And so. what you can do is put a body on that underneath that they miss that th- Maryland missed that three-pointer which would have won the game and Illinois didn't body up and that's how you get that put back and goes into overtime yep and, yep and I mean there's so many flashes and that's what's so kind of so tantalizing about this team is the flashes Aaron Jordan I don't know and he, he's playing so well but you what last yep. night his first shot was a Pretty ugly looking runner. Yeah, Layton, he didn't uh,
1: score. Yeah, and missed his only two threes, and he's led the country in threes. It, I mean, I can't point to anybody that played great last night. Michael Finke did make enough plays to lead them in scoring and and uh, rebounding, and um, and LaRon Black's been pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Leron's probably um, you know done. He's really done a good job considering he's an undersized five man, really. And um, but but there's not there's nothing to brag about last night except that you won and. And that's not to be dismissed because, you know, I was watching the scores last night when Florida, ranked fifth in the country, lost to Loyola of Chicago, and you go, what? And that was at, on their yeah. home floor. And the night before, I saw Notre Dame, ranked ninth in the country, lose on their home floor to Ball State. And Kansas lost. And Kansas lost in Kansas City to Washington, and so, you know... There's nothing to be proud of in that game, but an ugly win is a lot better than an ugly loss. Yeah. And uh, so you get out of there with a win, and uh, and now you go to UNLV and um, and see what you can get done there. So
0: it's going to be a tall order. The interesting thing was they moved DeMonte Williams into the starting lineup they Wednesday did. night. He does. I mean, you look at his stats. Nothing's going to hit you in the head. Four point eight points a game. You know, three, three rebounds, not even an assist, but he does things that don't show up in the box score. And as a freshman, those abilities to do that don't come around very often. And he subscribed to the Aaron Jordan, you know, pre-6 a.m. practices. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he, he's doing everything right, and you, you feel like that offense is going to come, but he has been a revelation of sorts for the Illini.
1: And it's not just what he does. It's it's what he doesn't do. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Except for that inbound pass. <laughs> except for that inbound pass. He doesn't make a lot of of um, silly plays, he doesn't make a lot of turnovers, and if he he made a turnover last uh, against Austin P, and then raced to the other end of the floor and stole the ball back, you know, I was like, whoa, that was impressive, you know. So um, he, I was glad for him to see him get the start. Uh, Mark Smith's been pressing a little bit; he hadn't been making shots, and he's got to get back to. Driving the ball with some physicality, and now he's trying to. You can see he's thinking he's way overthinking it and trying to trying to figure out which of these he should be doing. You know, just let the game come to you, but don't forget that you're a, you know, that you're a, a fullback when you want to be yeah. against some of these guys, and they can't deal with you, and you and you need to live at the free throw line. And um, but it was cool to see Demonte get the start, and um, I didn't. I don't know if Frank was at the game last night. His dad, Frank Williams, and I didn't see him. But uh, somewhere, Frank Williams was Smiling. very proud,
0: I'm sure, last <laughs> he, night. He ought to be. Uh, Ma- and Mark Smith's going to get it going. It, yeah, I'm not worried. It, He's the least a, of the worst. a freshman, man. I mean, this is hard. This is hard stuff to do, to come it in and, and start as a freshman. Really quietly, four guys in double figures on the season for the Illini, and Leron Black, Finky Jordan, and Kipper Nichols. Doesn't feel like it sometimes that you think this. it's possible four guys can score in double figures, but... I don't know it's they're growing they're they're, they're growing they're and they're and they're changing in and the and works and
1: and, the, and don't don't um, look at this team and and uh, for instance again last night and say okay well that's who they are well that's that's who they were last night yeah I don't know who they'll be Saturday in Vegas and then I don't know who they'll be after that when they play Longwood and then a week from Saturday they're up in the United Center play in New Mexico State in the in the Lou Henson Tribute game and um, you know they could be a different team in every one of those games I think Brad would like to get him to where <laughs> he could predict a little bit more um, a, a little bit m- with a little more knowledge about what kind of a team am I going to have out there
0: but he's they're not there right now. They're, they're not there and you know if they win those two even three games going back to Wake Forest people look at last night as more of an aberration. It oh, is yeah. an aberration. They're, they're willing think, to give you last night. But you lose those three games and people are panic again. It's not the same culture. We'll see. We'll see what happens 11 p.m. Saturday. Either get your coffee ready or... ESPN 2. ESPN 2. Maybe record it on Sunday morning. That's a late be game. be a great breakfast uh, game to watch. Well, we hope. I, mean, I wouldn't have wanted to eat breakfast. Well, to it, will, it will Nights be a game. breakfast game to watch. We don't know if it'll be great. So we will we'll catch up with you guys next Friday. We'll see what happens this week. Uh... Hopefully, maybe a little more consistent results. I think it's probably where we're looking for right now. There you go. So, thanks a lot, and we'll, we'll see you next week.